We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio WEEI, it's Christian Arkin, it's Megan Ottolini. And joining us right now on the Harbor One Hotline, Dan Orlovsky is brought to you by Northeast Electrical, where pros need pros at needco.com, by Town Fair Tire for the best prices on tires. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Oh, and here's a new one by Jimmy John Subs, who reminds you to watch out for the back of the end zone. Just kidding, Dan. Just kidding. <laughs> Harbor One Hotline, Orlovsky joins us. Um, that was uh, that was pretty tough. Is that the first time you've been trolled by a uh, sandwich company, Dan? <laughs> I'm not going to lie, when you first started the Jimmy John's read, I was like, no way. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that is the first time. That is the first time that, that something like that has ever happened. It was a good shot by them. It was. It was funny. Um, Laura made it into a big deal. Thank you for that, Rutledge. Uh, but well done by Jimmy John's. I think that means you've made it. You know, I mean, obviously, you don't need yeah. me to tell you you've made it. But when you're getting, uh, when you're getting uh, roasted by uh, Jimmy John's, I feel like that means you've arrived. Yeah, that's that. That's when you like a life goal is to get a national sandwich chain to mock <laughs> one of your down moments of life. That's when you know, like, all right, I'm in a good place. I'm still working towards that myself, uh, Dan. I'm not sure if you heard, but a bunch of uh, Patriots potential offensive coordinator names have come out. Um, Bill yeah. O'Brien's one of them. Keenan McCardell yeah. and Nick Cayley. Do any of those names jump out to you? Yeah, Bill, because of his his past history with the organization, the offensive success he had not only in New England but also in Houston. You know, I think the downside with my and this was a gripe of mine when he was the head coach in Houston was the the, the lack of protection commitment. You know, schematically that happened, but you know he's had a really good run at Alabama and and runs an offense. You know, he's around Steve Sarkeesian, so that's an offense that Mac obviously was schematically and, and successful with. Keenan comes over from potential of time in Minnesota. Again, there's that offensive familiarity with the Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, Gary Kubiak system that's getting run in Minnesota. So um, I think those two names are, you know, guys that have a history of being around multiple offenses. Uh, certainly one that I think Mac plays really well in, which is that, again, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan tree type of offense. So those are two names. I have no idea if Keenan has any history of calling plays. I obviously know about him as a player, and he's coached for many years now. But I do like the fact that he's been around that offensive scheme. It's an excellent point. After seeing a first-time offensive coordinator this year, even though he never had the title, and play caller in Matt Patricia, uh, two of the three names here never operated as play caller in an NFL system, I believe. How much do you think that the Patriots should go over that experiment again when you're looking at these candidates that they've announced so far? Yeah, I would never, n- I would never do that again this year. 
I, I just think like we've hey we've done that. I need somebody who's who's built offenses, coordinated offenses, stood in front of the room, called plays in you know the the fourth quarter of a September game, called plays on a first and fifteen December half, got to win it to get into the playoffs. I, I need that, um, and that's not to knock those guys. But I just you've you've got to have that experience, and I know everyone always says in these situations, well, it has to be your first time at some point. Yes, I just don't believe you want that in this situation for New England for the first time to be in a third year of a rookie quarterback. That, while very good, there isn't this. Hey, physical talent can cover up for potential mistakes. There is a very specific way that Mac kind of needs offense to be called for him to play at a very high level. I just wouldn't do that again this year, no. Dan, no matter who the new OC is going to be, it's going to be Mac's third OC in as many years. What's that mean and what's that like for a young quarterback? How do you navigate that? Well, traditionally, that's that spells disaster for young quarterbacks. Um, you know, Justin Herbert's going to go through a very similar thing third and four years in, with the Chargers. Um, I always say the hardest part for young quarterbacks when they go to the NFL mentally is you not only have to learn something new scheme-wise, you have to forget the old. So so Matt goes from Alabama to, okay, I, I know all of our offense in Alabama, our formations, our personnels, our protection calls, what we called this phrase or what we called this route concept. Now I go to New England, I have to learn a very – complicated offense under Josh McDaniel. Not, but before I do that, I have to forget all the other stuff in Alabama because I might have called a five-man protection at Alabama scat, and I might call it um, roar in, in New England. And I might call a two-man um, you know, pivot and in-route hammer at Alabama, and I might call it Wanda in New England. So like, you have to forget the old stuff before you learn the new stuff. So then Mac had to do that again this year, forget old stuff and learn new stuff. And that takes time. And when, it, when it's going so fast, you know, your, main, your mind so often goes back to what the old stuff was, and you can get very quickly confused. Now this is the third time of having to go through that process. And while not impossible, and I understand everybody's a professional, it's just a, a hurdle that he – he has to continue to basically start all over again rather than master. And the reality is you want him in his third year mastering things, and he can't master things without the requisite time needed to build the foundation of the offense. As you said there, everybody's a professional. I don't think it's any secret that there looks like there were some deteriorating relationships between at least some of the coaches and Mac behind closed doors now in the off season, if you're the offensive coordinator coming into the situation, what is the first thing you do to try to build that trust back with Mac and with the rest of the coaching staff? You tell him how, how highly you value him. You tell you, tell him uh, the things that you think he does well and the things where you, in the places you're going to take him. I think you can get to this point. I, I, I absolutely believe Mac, you can become an all pro. And I think you could be a guy that throws for 35 touchdowns and 4,000 yards. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it, okay? Hey, Mac, let's, let's sit down, and I want to first talk about the things, and, and I want to hear it in your words. What do you think you do well? What, 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 formation-wise, how do, we, how do we call our formations? 
How do we call our protections? What protections do you feel most comfortable understanding? Where do you want to get challenged? What concepts do you like to see the best? And then you go, what do you not feel comfortable with? Anything, Mac, that you need to tell me right now that, hey, coach, I don't like three-step or, you know, uh, I, I don't feel I'm good at five-step out of the gun or, you know what, I, I don't like ball faking to my left. I only like it to my right. Okay, why? why? Why do we feel we struggle with that? Do we think we can get better at it? Okay, great. And then you build off of those things, and you want him to have a very clear vision of who he is right now, who you think he can be, and how he gets there. And it's got to be that very much like he can't feel that you're talking to him. You got to feel that you're talking with him, and that obviously you're with a, you're, you're on this journey together. And um, you you paint a very clear picture of where you plan to get him there. And um, you know transparency and and honesty and conviction and telling him like, hey man, I'm going to coach you hard. I say this to my 11 year olds like I'm going to tell you the truth. You decide what to do with the truth, not me. And so he needs to know, like, the expectation is going to be high and the standard is going to be high. And he's the guy that's got to kind of apply that. But if he wants to go get it, then we can go do it together. We're talking with Dan Orlovsky here on the Harbor One Hotline. Dan, uh, Tom Brady's season ended on Monday. Where do you think he plays next year? I do not believe it's in Tampa. I think there's four things that have to be in place for Tom to play again next year. Um dependent on the team number one it has to be a maximum of a two-year Super Bowl window okay so that's going to negate some teams off the bat second thing they have to have a top five offensive line specifically on the interior two guards and a center third thing is they got to have two pretty darn good perimeter players I would say high-end perimeter players fourth thing is got to have a top 10 defense Tom's going to be 46 there's just this reality right is he still good yes but he, he, there, there's those four things that need to be in place. So that automatically minimizes a bunch of teams. I think the real reality for me as I sit here today, I think there's one team that I feel in right now, in the middle of January, checks those, those four boxes. That would be Carolina. Carolina's got a two-year window right now that, because of their young talent. They got an offensive line that's probably not top five right now, but they're, they're trending towards that. They can get there. D.J. Moore is a pretty darn good perimeter player. They would have to add one, and they absolutely have a top ten defense, and it's in the NFC. So I think, like, Miami's got some of those. Jets have some of those. Raiders have some of those. Um, you know, Tampa Bay has very – I just don't think there's a ton of teams that fit under that, that criteria. I Carolina thought you were describing the Niners, Dan. I <laughs> honestly did. I, you were saying all those things. I'm like, he's talking about the Niners. He's got to be. Why would, but why, if you were San Francisco, why? Like, why? Why would you do this? Why, why would you – you just gave up a ton to go get Trey Lance. You have no idea what you have in him. Brock Purdy still hasn't lost as your starting quarterback. And I'm telling everybody, kid can flat out play. Like, he, I don't know where he's going to be in three years or, you know, what his potential greatness, quote unquote, is. But if you were them, you're, you're sitting there going, why would, I, why would I go chase Tom Brady and bring that here? It's a good question. I think we're just reeling a little bit in surprise from that Carolina answer. So, along those lines, what do you see happening with Lamar Jackson? Kind of a pretty odd ending to his year with the Ravens. Do you think he remains a Raven, or do you think somebody else scoops him up, and if so, who? I think he's a Raven, yes. Um, Ravens are a phenomenal organization. They don't do dumb things often. 
My football mind tells me moving on from a player like Lamar is dumb. Talent-wise, he is spectacular. The results are what the results are. There's, there's very few guys that have been more productive than him over the last four years, both individual performance-wise and team success-wise. If Baltimore sits there, there's two things that I could buy. Because I go, you're crazy if you move on from Lamar Jackson. Two things I could buy. Number one, we've built this very unique roster and offense around Lamar, and it hasn't worked. Ten games missed in two years. We haven't gotten to where we want to go. We're going to tear it down. Whether I agree with that or not, I can understand that reasoning. And the second thing is the young man has missed 10 games in two years, and he's taken 1,000 hits in five seasons. We don't want that. We, we, we believe that that's going to be an issue for the long haul, and we're going to decide to do something different at quarterback. Again, whether I agree with it or not, I can understand that reasoning. Um, I'll live in the hypothetical world of if not Baltimore, who? I think Atlanta. He works well with um, the, the style of the team right now with Arthur Smith. They got a bunch of young offensive talent, two big-bodied receivers in London and Kyle Pitts, and they've got some draft capital to play with. Um, that, that would be the one team where I can understand. All right, Dan, before we let you go, uh, division weekend coming up here. Is Buffalo going to get past Cincinnati this time and uh, get to the conference championship? Is it their year? <laughs> yeah, I think a little bit depends on the help of Cincinnati's two offensive linemen that kind of got hurt last week. If they're start without three of their five starting starters, that's an issue. Um, Buffalo, Buffalo's got to calm Josh down a little bit. If Josh plays a little bit more of a calm football game, I think they're good enough, yes. All right, we'll leave it right there. Then Dan Orlovsky, uh, great stuff as always. Thanks so much for the time today. Thanks, guys. All right. Today's conversation with Dan Orlovsky brought to you by Wise Snacks. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of 100 authentic pro football jerseys. We're going to take a quick break. Here is Ryan Garvin with What's Trending. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 22 past the hour here Sports Radio WEEI. Christian Erkin, Megan Adelini. want to say thanks again to Dan Orlovsky. If you missed any of that, go to odyssey.com or tap the Odyssey app. You can find all these segments that you missed. From this show and all the other shows here, Sports Radio, WEEI. Um, you may have missed this from a different show. Chris Sims 
And I believe his podcast with uh, Mike Florio. The three idiots at WEI. Hey, it's not nice. There's only two of us now. <laughs> It'll be three in a couple weeks. Um, he, uh, he had a very hot take on Brock Purdy. One that got my attention because it involved Mac Jones. Let's take a listen here to Chris Sims and his uh, scouting report on Brock Purdy. Like clearly they like something in him to draft him, even though it was a late round draft pick. You Listen, can just get some is, guys in free agency. This is why I was saying draft f***ing Mac Jones. This is why. I mean, he's a lesser uh, Mac Jones. It. Are we sure he's not doing a Jerry Seinfeld impersonation? What there? is the deal with Mac Jones? <laughs> this is what I've been saying. Like, what was that? I know I got a goofy voice. I know it's a high barrier of entry for some listeners. What was that? If Polish people are called <laughs> Poles, why aren't people from Holland called Holes? Okay. <laughs> and another thing. That is totally ridiculous. When I that... buy a car and I turn on the lights, how come they go out one at a time? They're idiots. Don't listen to that show. Last I heard, you can only turn both of them on. <laughs> come on! What is the story with that? <laughs> All right. Play, play it again. Play it again. Okay. Sorry. We'll get through it. We're going to get through it. Like, clearly, they like something in him to draft him. Even though it was a late-round draft pick, you Listen, can just get is, some guys in free agency. This is why I was saying draft f***ing Mac Jones. Hey. This is why. Uh. I mean, he's a lesser Mac Jones. And yes, this is sustainable. Because if, as long as you're smart and have control of the football, Shanahan... The team they have, they don't ever make it all about the quarterback. So he's just going to be, hey, fuckhead, listen to this. I'm telling you the keys of the play right here. Watch this guy. If you could just listen to me, it'll be open, right? That's all he needs. Now, listen, if the offense and the team's not as good, Is he like, yeah, Brock Purdy's not going to be the guy that's going to be Let's like, hey, I'll Purdy. scramble out of the pocket and throw sidearm lasers down the field and carry you that way. No, I don't think he's going to be that. He's a quarterback that needs a little bit of a formula for success. But the way their team looks right now, that formula is going to be there for a few years. And so that'll be interesting. It will be interesting. That's for sure. What is he talking about? I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a really bizarre take from Chris Sims. I understand putting Brock Purdy and Mac Jones in the same conversation, but then he says that like Brock Purdy is not elusive in the pocket, right? And can't make off schedule plays, but I, not like fleet of foot Mac Jones, of course. Well, also yeah. if you walk watch Brock Purdy, he actually has really good footwork. He moves around pretty well. Like he has really nice footwork and all. It, it looks a little strange at sometimes because he this does is like. Why? He does little chop chop feet all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he does a da, 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 da. Yeah, he's Tap got a little dancing. happy feet. But not happy feet in a bad way, like the way that some people say like active oh, feet. Yeah, he's very active in the pocket. Can I just say though this kind of this whole point sort of blows up in the first sentence of this cuz if he's saying this is why I say draft bleep and Mac Jones, well you found Brock Purdy in the 7th round. Why don't you just tell me who to draft? <laughs> right? Some like, guys in free agency. This is why I was saying draft well, fucking Mac Jones. Look at that, man. This is why. He does sound like is this one of those podcasts where like uh like that one with Noriega where they all just <laughs> where they all get drunk? <laughs> is it one of those podcasts? Like uh or the one where they eat like really hot wings or whatever, you know what I'm talking about? What's that one called? Where they eat the hot wings and then have to like do an interview? Hot wing pod. Is that uh, what it's called? No, I don't know what you're talking about. There's a podcast no, or it's like about. something where the guy sits down and they sit there and the guy, whoever it is, is getting interviewed, eats like really hot chicken wings and they then they do the interview. 
while they're like suffering through the chicken wing. Sounds gimmicky. It is. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like um, something an afternoon show. Would exactly. Exactly. <laughs> sounds like the hot chip, the one chip challenge. Um, I think it was similar to that. Yes, but yeah, he does sound sort of weird, and I don't follow his point. This is why I say draft Jones, uh, because he's because Brock Purdy's a lesser Mac Jones. If this you can why. get a lesser Mac Jones in the seventh round, why draft him in the first round? I feel like that's a good uh, reason not to draft Mac Jones. Yeah, and if anything, the takeaway here is just it's all about Kyle Shanahan. It's all about Kyle Shanahan's system that everyone's trying to emulate and his dad's system, Mike Shanahan's system, that apparently Bill Belichick is obsessed with, but that no matter the quarterback, it looks like Kyle Shanahan can make you into whatever he needs in order to win. And that's what the that's what it is. It's not about Mac Jones specifically. Right. Like you could point out anybody, unless you think that Mac Jones is the worst quarterback in that class, which I don't think is true. May it would be a stronger take if he was like he could have he could be doing this with Zach Wilson. Hmm. You know, that's like the really if you're gonna go bold take, hot take, that's a hot take. Yeah. This one's just bizarre. That'd be a hot take. I think Mac Jones in San Francisco would be tremendous. I think Interesting. He'd be, Putting up a huge, uh, he would have put up a huge season there this year. I really do. I think that uh, bringing in McCaffrey as someone to throw to in the backfield is huge for them. They got a great tight end. They got two good wide receivers, one great one. Uh, Mac Jones would be killing it in San Francisco. I think most quarterbacks would be kind of killing it in San Francisco. That's, that's the point. That's though. the idea. So you know, you have a system that's fine, and I think Shanahan's got a very good system. It's not just the players; they're in a system that works, and that's kind of. You know, like that's kind of a good explanation of how these things can not always be based on how good your quarterback is. You need to have a quarterback who can run it. If they can't run it, then forget it, obviously. But if they can run it, they don't have to be special. (laughs) You know, they don't have to be a special quarterback. They just need to be someone who can run this offense. And if you can, you can succeed there. Text line says the podcast you were looking for is called Hot Ones. Hot Ones. Hot Ones. That sounds right. Pushes all over it, too. With Sean Evans. I don't it's know that, but okay, sure. All yeah. I know is that they eat and they start sweating, and then then the boogers start coming. I think Gronk Ew. did that thing. I think Gronk did that uh, once. I know for sure that the guy uh, who plays Stringer Bell was on it. Um, oh, really? Yeah, he did it, um, and he was he was struggling with the with the hot wings. What's his name? Um, I don't want to see Stringer Bell struggle. I, well, watch the show. You see, well, <laughs> okay. hey, 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 hey. Hey. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert on a show that's been off the air for 15 years. A lot of people have not watched it. <laughs> Fine. Um, he was on it, though. And Idris Elba, that's his name. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a, uh interesting take there. Michael Hurley. This is why I was saying draft f***ing Mac Jones. Okay, sure. How do I feel about it, Kramer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something there. There's definitely something there. Um Daniel Jones writes Mike Hurley. Fuckhead, listen to this. Okay. Why did he, that's what I'm saying. Sorry, real quick. Why did he drop that? That was really aggressive. I know, that came sort of out of nowhere. You know why? Because he is unbuttoned. Because he's edgy? He is edgy. (laughs) Is that the name of his podcast, Unbuttoned? podcast with his stupid Lego people haircut (laughs) and his receding hairline. Well, it's called Unbuttoned because he buttons his shirt all the way to the top. Which is what, which is what. Duality. Serial killers do that. I mean, really. I've never seen anybody do that and thought, wow, that looks like a normal person. This is why. With their shirt buttoned all the way to the top. Like, that's a cra- that is a wild fashion move. You think it's a weird look? Yes, you're I do. You're trying to flex on how thin your neck is. Is that's that why? There. Yeah. No. Oh. Who would, what man would want to do that? Look at me. I got a pencil neck. Yeah. Can fit he, it all the way up to the all top. All the way button. to the top. Like if you little. see someone who's buttoned all the way to the top, you should call the police because he probably committed a crime. Next stop turtleneck. Yeah.
Um, like a serious, terrible crime. Uh, let's go to the phone. 617-779-7937. Sorja is in Mansfield. Hi, Sorja. What's going on, guys? How we doing? We doing all right. How you doing? So um, uh, I've been hearing some rumors. I'm excited for January 30th, but that is a story for another day. It's not a rumor you know, anymore. Yes, it's yes. out there. There was a press release and everything, Sorja. It's happening. Oh, guess who's thinking sinking ship right now, right? I'm just going to keep feeding into this radio wars. But here's the thing, guys. Okay. All right? Here's the thing, guys. Yeah. Listen, let me break it down for you. I brought, I brought the humor yesterday. I'm going to bring the stats today. Mac Jones was 32nd in the league in completions percentage under blitz. Guess who's 30th? I don't know. Josh Allen. Here's the thing, guys. If you don't protect the quarterback, I don't care if you have Mahomes who threw double-digit interceptions yesterday, but, oh, he can, you know, throw a ball underhand so, you know, he's the next great thing than slide spread. Listen, here, I'm going to break it down to you. I, I'm, I'm not a great person, but I can read the future, all right? Listen, here's what's going to happen, all right? The Chiefs are going to lose. Please hang up. Please hang up. <laughs> Where was that going? I don't know. I just I couldn't I couldn't deal with it anymore. Georgia, I like you, but maybe maybe we just take a couple of days off from going. We have a photo shoot planned and everything. My my word, not a rumor. Dry um, out a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um. Anyway, then I don't know what that other part was. Uh, Daniel Jones, according to Michael Hurley, provides pictures of why New England shouldn't give up on Mac Jones just yet. And he writes the following. He says, almost a year ago, Giants weren't entirely sure what to do with Daniel Jones, but they knew don't blame him. We've done everything possible to screw this kid up, said John Mara about his team's quarterback. (laughs) Mara made the statement at the introductory press conference of new GM Joe Schoen following the retirement of Dave Gettleman and the firing of Joe Judge. I'm not really aware about specifically what you're talking about. Well, keep listening. While the performance of the sixth overall pick in 2019 was not what the Giants envisioned, the team wasn't fully convinced that Jones was a lost cause. But the team and the rest of the NFL had plenty of doubts, which led to the Giants in April declining the fifth-year option. Fast forward to current day, Jones had his best season, established himself as a dual-threat quarterback on a playoff team headed to the division round. Uh, he put forth a highly professional effort, 24-35. You remember his stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very good. Um it's worthwhile example to keep in mind in New England, where Mac Jones has certainly picked up a lot more doubters following his second season in the league than he did after his rookie campaign. The statistical dive from one year to a year one to year two can certainly explain that, but it may be premature with the other Jones in New York providing that case. And now here's the stats. Here's the numbers. Here's the big money part of this. Uh, Daniel Jones, without Joe Judge, 29 games, 28 starts, 12-15-1 record. Uh, 65% completion percentage, 6,000-something yards, uh, 214 per game, 39 touchdowns, 17 picks, 90.1 rating. With Joe Judge, 25 starts, 9-16 and 16 record, Ooh. completion percentage down to 63, 21 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, and an 82.4 rating. When you talk about the red area, the red area is you know a very dynamic area of the field. It's very different when you go through different zones. That's true. Uh, you're right about that. Uh, Mac Jones, without Joe Judge. 17 games, 17 starts, 10-7 and seven record. 67% uh, completions, 22 touchdowns, 13 picks, 92.5 rating. With Joe Judge, the numbers got worse. 14 starts, 6-8 and eight record, 65% completion with 14 touchdowns, 11 picks, and a rating just under 85. Um, I know we get on Patricia's case a lot, but there is very clear evidence here that Joe Judge... Hurts these quarterbacks. You're I mean, I'm sorry. Inside the 15 yard line, where really most defense coordinators truly start to change how they call it. That's true. I think it's I think it's un, unmistakable at this point. 
His name is Death. Destroyer of careers. He makes them worse. Like he does. His style or whatever it is, his it just it doesn't it doesn't translate to these quarterbacks. The quarterbacks get worse under his under his coaching. Yeah. That's why look, when we talk about some of these offensive coaches, offensive coordinators rather that they're bringing in to interview this week, I go, okay, like two of these names are not Bill O'Brien and they seem like good candidates, but what about the quarterback? Mm. Like Bill O'Brien, you have the quarterback coaching sewed up there most likely what are you gonna do is joe judge gonna stay <laughs> joe judge can't stay there you move him over to special teams it's fine you don't have to you know put cam accord's head on a spike and march him around downtown boston or something and nobody's asking oh some people are asking for that i'm not asking for that but Anymore. he can't <laughs> be no i just don't want him in that job right and i don't want joe judge in this job like i this is such clear evidence because Danny Dimes last year, it looked like he was going to be a backup somewhere. Yeah. And now he's making a case for they can't move on from him. And you look at Brian Dable and the job that he's done there, and it's just, I it underscores how when we go back to, oh, why are you talking so much about the offensive coordinator and these interviews and everything? It's because this is the effect that these coaches have on these careers. And it illustrates it perfectly. Yeah. Get him out of there. Get him out. Just get him away from there. I, I don't know how. I don't know why he was in that position in the first place. You're right. We talk about Matt Patricia a lot. We haven't talked about Judge's impact there nearly enough. No, we really haven't. And before we start talking about Danny Dimes like he's some superstar, no, but he's playing. His numbers well. this year weren't that great. He had he's 15 touchdowns well. and five interceptions, which is a good ratio. But 15 touchdowns is not that many, and he played all in 16 games. So, I mean, we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers, and we're not talking about even Jalen Hurts. We're talking about a guy who got a lot better when Joe Judge left, but still maybe isn't all that good. But our that low right area, that tight right area. Isn't isn't that comparable hey. to what we were just talking about with the 49ers? Yes, where it's a scenario. These teams both in the playoffs, you can look at it and say, well, you don't need to have a Josh. You might not strike it with a Josh Allen. You might not strike it, you know, and get a Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like, you can still make meaningful, deep runs into the playoffs. You can probably still get to the Super Bowl if you're the Niners with a competent, good quarterback. Like, it still exists. This proves it out as long as you have coaching and management in place. Yeah. And uh, Brian Dayball obviously was a big step up. I think everyone was expecting there to be a turnaround, maybe not a dramatic one like this with the Giants, but I think people were expecting them to get better. And once Dayball, they started winning, it really kind of took off there. But they had a stretch in the middle. Like, the Giants weren't even that good. Were they 9-7? and seven? Like, they weren't even, like, that great either. So like, Giants They had a very though. good start. They started fine, but then in the middle of the year, I feel like they had, like, they lost five or six games. You know what maybe? it was? It was after they tied with Washington. Yeah. Where everyone's like, oh, this is a great game. And then the Patriots got flexed out of their game against, uh, I believe it was the Raiders. And it really was downhill from right. there. It's like, oh, these are the Giants that we remember. But, I mean, they knocked off the Vikings. That's yeah. not nothing. And now they got the Eagles coming up, and I don't think anybody expects them to win. But you know what? <laughs> something about those, something about like a 9-7 and seven Giants team cruising through the playoffs gives me PTSD to 2011 and 07, yes. first of all. And uh, second of all, I don't know. The Eagles could be fraudulent. They could be a fraudulent team. 
It's uh, entirely possible. I don't know. The Eagles haven't proved anything um, other than that they're a great regular season team. So we'll see. We'll see. What Maybe, are they uh, supposed to prove at this point? They haven't played in the playoffs. I know. What I'm just saying. Like, like I think what they, else could they prove? They could very easily be one of those fraudulent teams that's good in the regular season. They you get to the playoffs my, and crap themselves. You know my feelings on this. What? This is your AFC bias. How is that an like, AFC bias? Because everybody says that about any time an NFC team looks good. Like any time an NFC team that's not the Packers looks legit. It's like, oh, whatever. Like, oh, what if the Eagles? I'm not saying that about the Niners. I okay. think the Ni- Niners have played in the Super Bowl recently. Well, they went deep into the playoffs last year. San Francisco? Just, yeah. Yeah, so. See, right. he likes one team from the NFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go. There you go. Exactly. There. The exception There's that proves the rule. I think the Cowboys are frauds. I think the Eagles could be frauds. I don't know if they are yet or not. Uh, but the Giants, I mean, hey, house money for them for sure. Uh, 617-779-7937. Nick is in Rhode Island. Go ahead, Nick. Hey, guys, so I called last Friday because in regards to the Daniel Jones sucks comment. Right. Um, so I, I just hopefully you revise it. But the point I want to make is a shout-out to Megan. Uh, thank you very much for, you know, giving Jones his due and saying he's not playing bad. But second off, yeah, he only had 15 touchdowns. But explain to me who he's throwing to. He doesn't have Devontae Parker. He doesn't have Kendrick Bourne. So the middle stretch, everybody's hurt. So to me, I mean, I think his stats are pretty fantastic considering he's basically thrown to a high school team. And to me, I mean, I don't know. I, I think they're going to extend him, and he should get his due. Uh, fair enough, Nick. He does not have great wide receivers. You're right about that. He shares that in common with Mac Jones, to See, be sure. Darius Slayton dropped uh, that ball last week? Yeah. And Slayton could have been devastating. That's his best guy. The kid, Isaiah, whoever, who caught the two touch that, like, he's... I, Hodgins? I didn't even know who he was. Uh, so, yeah, they don't have a lot of uh, great options at wide receiver. That's true. I would take the Patriots wideouts over the Giants, and there's not a lot of teams I'd say that about. But I would say that about the Giants, to be sure. And Danny Dimes has done a lot more with uh, those guys than Mac Jones did with the wide receivers in New England. No question about that. This year. Uh, this year, to be sure, yeah. Uh, 617-779-7937. is your phone number. Quick break. And uh, when we come back, we got a quick change of gears here as we'll go over to something that the owner of the Jets had to say about what they're going to do to uh, address their quarterback problem. That's coming up next. In hindsight, do you think you should have started your career as a backup, as LaFleur mentioned? Well, the competitor is never going to say that. I mean, I absolutely was looking forward to that. And, and even now, I, I'm, I'm going to be the player I'm going to be because of that. You know, And so I'm extremely grateful for the opportunities that I have. An opportunity is always an opportunity. And I need to be able to make the most of those. You said you're, you said you're a competitor. So if they come to you in March and say, look, uh, we're going to keep you. We like you. We're going to develop you. But we're signing veteran X to be our starter mm-hmm. how would you feel yeah I'm gonna make that dude's life hell in practice every day <laughs> you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and do my best uh, to just show the coaches that I deserve to be there and you know and it's not it's not in a negative way it's a positive way it's making everybody else you know better hopefully and, and you go out there and you just attack every single day New York Jets quarterback. Whenever I hear someone say they're going to make your life hell every day, I think that's really positive. Definitely. The way that he finished that up. Yeah, I'm going to make that dude's life hell in practice every day. <laughs> you know, I'm going to, you know, and it's not it's not in a negative way. It's a positive way. It's making yeah. everybody else, you know, better, hopefully. And, and you go out there and you just attack every single day. I'm going to make that like, guy's life miserable in a good way. <laughs> a good miserable uh, mind state he's going to be in. Um, that was uh, Wilson. This uh, this sort of thing here, when you look at the potential of the quarterback carousel, the Jets are on it, even though the Jets have a couple quarterbacks. They got Wilson under contract. They still have Mike White. A couple um, bad ones. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think White's like below average. I guess he's bad. Uh, Wilson's definitely bad. Flacco's, Flacco's bad. Um, he's all done. But you do get the sense that that's not what their quarterback room is going to look like next year. Uh, last week, Woody Johnson all but said that. He said that he would absolutely spend on the quarterback position this offseason, and he called it the missing piece with the New York Post. That that must have made Zach Wilson feel good when he said, yeah, you know, the quarterback, it's the missing piece. He's the like, missing no, it's not, piece? It's not in a negative way. It's yeah. a positive way. It's not a negative missing piece. like a positive missing piece, Zach. Yeah, don't worry about that. Um, the, uh, the story here, and I'm um, reading this from Nesson, is that with Johnson's comments and the overall outlook of the Jets, it comes as no surprise the team is viewed as a key player in the quarterback carousel entering the new year. NFL pundits know it, current coaches around the league, and odds makers have confirmed their own expectations as well. Um, Of the three quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Derek Carr, and Lamar Jackson to have next regular season snap odds listed on DraftKings, the Jets are among the betting favorites for all three players. For Jackson, they're at plus 250. That's the single best price among 32 teams. This is just DraftKings, by the way. I know we told you last uh, or yesterday about Bet Online and how the Patriots were the leaders for Jackson. Or was that two days ago, whenever that was? Yesterday. Um, I guess that was yesterday. So, yeah, because we didn't do a show two days ago. Um, this is a, a different book. So, different books will have different odds. But uh, the Jets at plus 250, that's the best price uh, among 32 teams. The Derek Carr sweepstakes, plus 400. They also have the best odds at Derek Carr. And for Brady, plus 800, which is sixth best behind the Raiders, Buccaneers, 49ers, Dolphins, and the Patriots. So there you go. Um, Of the three options included, what do you think would be the worst uh, case scenario for New England, let's say, Megan? If uh, the Jets were in on those three quarterbacks, which one would be the worst for the Patriots? So I'm going to answer this in two parts. I think the actual worst case scenario for the Patriots going up against this quarterback in your division would be Lamar Jackson. Yep. Uh, particularly with the defense that you have as it stands right now. It's a great defense but you were awful at quarterbacks who could run last Jackson year. Killed Jackson killed him. Jackson killed you. Justin Fields totally embarrassed you on a terrible team. Uh, and it's, you know you didn't get to see Kyler Murray because of an injury so didn't really get to factor that in. Uh, he would have, though. He probably would have run right around against on you. Josh Allen, um, like yeah. overall compared to the year before. True. But Lamar Jackson, like he's just he's just a different kind of runner there. So I think having go up against him at least twice a year, that would be miserable for you. However, from an emotional stance, having to go up against Brady in a Jets uniform, mm. I think would just be like just heartbreaking. For New England fans, that would be like the lowest of the if low. If that's Especially, how Tom Brady ended his career, yeah, it would be like a troll move. It would be like Brady show debate. What do you guys think? Yeah, Brady turning heel like completely would be going to the Jets. Yeah, that would be that, that would, would be, be the tough. ultimate f you to Bill Belichick. Um, would he usurp Zach Wilson's title of? Here he is, no. the biggest douche of the universe. No, 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 no. I wouldn't see it oh, that so Zach way. Oh, Wilson's still think, biggest douche in the year. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that that's like, a, okay, like the morning show says, like a douche move by Tom Brady. You've reached the top, the pinnacle of douchedom. It would just be tough for Patriots fans. What do you say, Arkan? Um, I think the worst one there is uh, is Jackson. After that, I think, I don't know, honestly, the way, the way Brady looks. 
I think I might say Derek Carr. Did you see how Derek Carr looked? I think Derek Carr might be might still have a little bit left in the tank there. I'm not sure if Brady does. I'm honestly not sure if Brady does. I'm not sure if Brady does enough to go to the Jets. Enough to go to the Jets and be the quarterback of that team. And listen, I like some of the players that they have there, and they do You're have a choosing top Derek defense. Car over Tom Brady for the future, kind of. Yeah, I mean, listen, oh, if you're man. if you're Tom Brady. Do you even want to go to the AFC East knowing that you have Probably to go not. against the Bills and Josh Allen every year? I'd say I mean, no. I, I wouldn't even go there. Maybe for Miami. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I think it's so unrealistic. It would be devastating for the Patriots. That's true. Um, like, he flirted with Miami, so it's not out of the question that he'd be in the division. Well, let me put it to you this way. If the Jets this year had Derek Carr, they win at least one, if not both of those games against the Patriots this mm-hmm. year, I think. Um, you know, and not because I think Derek Carr is so great, but... It doesn't take much to be better than what they had there, and those were two hard-fought, low-scoring games. You know what I mean? So, like, I think that 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 makes the Jets better uh, no matter who it is, and it's bad news for the Patriots, really, no matter who it is. But if it's Jackson, yeah, if it's Lamar Jackson, you're looking up at at least those two teams for a while. And I know Jackson gets hurt a lot, but still, uh, if he's he's out there for – Eight, nine, ten games a year. I mean, that that changes the Jets' outlook considerably. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the Dolphins, but you know, you were looking up at them this year for most of the year and at the end of the year. Uh, this is this is. I know you shouldn't be signing players just to keep them off of other teams, but there's real potential here. There's real potential here for these teams to level up big time in a way that I don't think the Patriots are one or two moves away from getting to. Well, that's the good news, bad news situation in your division in terms of the quarterbacks is that both Miami and the Jets are in an awkward position with yeah. their quarterbacks where they we have no idea what the plan is going to be. I mean, look, you can say that the Dolphins came out and ownership said that Tua is absolutely the starter next year. Guy had three concussions in one season. So I wouldn't say that that's a lock, you know? Uh, But at the same time, bad news is either one of those teams could end up with one of these guys. Luckily, Dan Orlowski said it does seem like Lamar Jackson is going to stay with the Ravens. Yeah, it does look that way. I'm pretty frayed right now. They might franchise him. I think, uh, you know, the Seahawks might franchise Geno Smith. I was reading about that. It makes a lot of sense. That'd be funny if Geno went back to the Jets <laughs> after all these years, after getting punched Guys, out. I'm and, good then, now. and then he's bad again. <laughs> yeah, he goes back to the Jets and he sucks again. Now I suck again. That would be very poetic. It is poetic. like cursed ground for quarterbacks <laughs> over there. I know. It really, really is. Uh, you know, even far, like, doesn't matter who it is. They can't, they cannot uh, like succeed there. you step there. on the field and you turn to stone or something and it, it just it permeates through the entire team because there was a, a stretch earlier in the season where you look at the jets and go man they really match up well against the patriots and yeah. then you know the zach wilson crap happens robert Sala's going to talk about you know what he's going to do and you know they're, they're openly calling for mike white and talking about how much they don't like zach wilson that was sort of the beginning of the end i mean for all that Zach Wilson has done in this league, statistically, he is atrocious against the Patriots. And you take him off that team and they have a real quarterback, you're right, Arkan. The Patriots are not in the same situation where they're like one or two moves away. I think if the if they want to spend money on a quarterback, they, they easily leapfrog the Patriots. No yeah. question. It, yeah. The good news with this quarterback carousel, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday, is that it's kind of predictable. In that, okay, so if Jackson gets franchise tagged by Baltimore, then Mm -hmm. he's there for another year. Brady is going to go to whatever the, like, perfectly drawn-up situation for him is, and that's going to be short-term. Why are you doing surrender, Cobra? 
Oh, I was just stretching. Oh, okay. I was stretching out my shoulders. I thought you were like I was, stressed out I was about running, this combo. I was running with my dog in her new collar today. <laughs> gotcha. Got the shoulder pulled a little bit. Oh, we got so, a new yeah. collar that Kelly's not going to get out of this. Yeah, oh, exactly. you know, I left my uh, I left my gun at home. I'll bring it tomorrow. What? Yeah. Massage gun. Massage oh, I was gun. Like, what my are massage you gun. About? I don't have a real gun. My massage. You know what I'm talking about? You, yeah, you have the massage gun. Yeah, it's the best. Is, that's not where my head goes when you say that you left your gun at home, psycho. <laughs> <My> massage gun, <laughs> which you've used um, and seen before. But it, but okay. So like it, in speaking of that, like Jackson Brady, those are going to be very predetermined destinations, I think. Yep. And then in Derek Carr, he just doesn't really move the needle of oh my god. Derek Carr's on the Jets. Watch out! You know it's not like it's it's not like you, they're getting a Aaron Rodgers six years. Oh, but ago it's not Zach Wilson and Mike White either. Yeah, I mean, but, I, I, but I think you know it, what? You got to like stop. You got to stop uh, thinking that that's going to be the Jets every year. You just seem to get lucky. I thought that year. was this year, and I'm like, oh no, they're still doing Jets stuff. Yep, still very Jetsy. Yeah, six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. There's your phone number. Quick break. When we come back, the Red Sox somebody signed somebody today. Yeah. Everybody, the Boston Red Sox. Yes, a big signing. Slugger. Uh, we'll tell you all about it next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.